Hello everyone, welcome to another episode of SCP Revealed. My name is Researcher Jove, and as always, we'll be taking a look at an interesting SCP tale. There are many different religious groups of interest or objects of note in the SCP universe, such as the Gate Guardian SCP-01 proposal, the Church of the Broken God, or Sarkism, all of which have gone over in the past. If you haven't checked out those already, I suggest you do, as they're each interesting and unique in their own ways. Today's SCP follows the same theme of religion, as it is based around the idea of faith, and what it means to and how it can manifest for different people. There are some interview logs slash exploration logs that I'll be reading, which will make up the bulk of the SCP document, though one of them I will be summarizing unlike the others for ease of understanding. I do suggest you check out the document for yourself with the link I provide, however, as it is an interesting read overall. This is going to be a long one, so I'll break it up into two different episodes, but we will be posting both episodes back to back. It's just that I can't fit the entire thing into one recording. With all that being said, let's take a look at item number SCP-4214, Desperate Faith, Object Class, Keter. Special Containment Procedures SCP-4214-A and SCP-4214-B are to be kept in separate containment cells on Site-103. Each containment cell is to be under constant video surveillance, with all personnel assigned to monitor SCP-4214 being self-proclaimed atheists. Any personnel following any faith of any religion attempting to enter either containment chambers are to be prevented by any means up to and including termination. Description SCP-4214 refers to two objects, designated 4214-A and 4214-B. 4214-A is a scepter 80 centimeters in length, constructed of gold with silver ornamentation. It is topped with an emerald cut into a sphere approximately 12 centimeters in diameter. Below the emerald are three sockets that appear to have been designed to, to, to hold other jewels. Marks indicate that at some point in the past, the other jewels on SCP-4214-A were forcefully pried from their sockets. On the haft of the spear is engraved in Arabic, and through his faith the kingdom comes. When SCP-4214-A is touched by a person who expresses significant religious faith, they will experience a vision of a significant figure in their religion. Immediately after this vision ends, the subject will attempt to take SCP-4214-A and bring it into contact with 4214-B. The subject will show little to no concern for their own life or the lives of others in pursuit of this goal. When SCP-4214-A is removed from the subject, they will attempt to recover it until physically unable to do so. In the event that SCP-4214-A has been removed from the subject for an indeterminate period of time, current observations range from 2 hours to 7 days, the subject will become extremely agitated, proclaiming that they have failed to bring the kingdom. After several hours of this, the subject will eventually commit suicide. To date, only one subject was lucid enough after capture to be interviewed. 
The subject remained lucid for 6 days, 13 hours, at which point he managed to escape the restraints by breaking several of the major bones in his hands. Subject then attacks one of the on-site security personnel, forcing the guard to shoot him. The subject expired from his wounds 45 minutes later. And this begins the interview logs. Interview 4214-1. Interviewed, D-6620. Interviewer, Dr. Jessica Blackburn. Observation lead on SCP-4214-A. Forward. D-6620 was exposed to SCP-4214-A during an early test shortly after the object's acquisition. He proceeded to grab SCP-4214-A and run for the chamber door, at which point he was incapacitated by on-site security. And this begins the transcript log. Begin log. Dr. Blackburn. Hello, D-6620. D-6620. Give it back. Give back SCP-4214-A, the scepter, the key, the jewel of the kingdom. It isn't yours to keep. What kingdom? The kingdom, the only kingdom that matters, the kingdom of God. Tell me about this kingdom, D-6620. The preacher has given us the word, his empire shall await, and when the time is right, it shall march forth and bring the kingdom of heaven onto earth. All those who do not believe shall be slain, and the righteous and the pure shall build unto ourselves heaven upon earth. Who is this preacher? A man. Just a man. Just a man. But how can a man have so much light? If I hide here, in this place beneath the earth, will I be spared from the coming of the kingdom? What did you see when you touched 4214-A? I saw... I saw... I saw the empire in waiting, and I saw an empty throne. And the Lord did anoint me and bless me with his grace, for thine is the kingdom and the glory and the power, now and forever and ever and ever and ever. Where were you taking SCP-4214-A? What would you have done with it if we hadn't stopped you? And ever and ever and ever and ever. D-6620, answer the question, please. The gate. Do you mean SCP-4214-B? Why would you have taken it there? Because the kingdom is not coming. It is here. It is here, and we are waiting. I can show you if you like. I can... Oh God, deliver me from this. D-6620 falls unconscious at this point. And this ends the log. Closing statement. D-6620 committed suicide four hours later. After this information, Dr. Blackburn submitted a formal request for exploration of SCP-4214-C. And here is a quote from Dr. Blackburn. D-6620 was the most useful source of information we had for SCP-4214. Every bit of information we had, or he had, we jumped at it. It was almost too easy. Well, I say almost. It was too easy. We might have figured it out sooner, of course. SCP-4214-B is a sandstone arch, approximately 3 meters in height. It was transported to Site-103 from its original location in southern India after carvings were matched with those on SCP-4214-A. Carving dating indicates that the archway is roughly 900 years old. 
The carvings appear to be in a form of Arabic, proclaiming that here stands the border to the Pester's empire. SCP-4214-B possesses no anomalous properties, except when brought into contact with SCP-4214-A. When 4214-A is brought within one meter of 4214-B, the archway will form a portal into an extra-dimensional space designated 4214-C. This portal appears as a curtain of green light. The property can be activated by anyone in possession of 4214-A, whether or not they are under its effects. Once an individual has passed through 4214-B, it appears to be bonded to them somehow. From that point on, only the subject can pass through the portal. It is unknown if death will cause this bond to cease, however. Objects can only pass through SCP-4214-B when taken through by a human. Video footage cannot be transmitted through 4214-B, however, though this restriction does not apply to audio recordings. Addendum 4214.1 Exploration Logs After further tests on SCP-4214-A failed to provide any more valuable data, exploration into SCP-4214-C was authorized by Project Supervisor Adams and this begins the exploration logs. Exploration Log 1 Personnel D-3462 Supervisor Dr. Blackburn Additional Exploration Notes D-3462 is a convicted murderer who has expressed strong disbeliefs in all major religions and was an atheist activist prior to his arrest. He was chosen for this assignment based specifically on those qualifications. And begin log. Dr. Blackburn, D-3462, do you read me? D-3462, loud and clear, Doc. Holy hell, it's like, it's like there's a whole other world through here. Please focus, describe to me what you're seeing. Yeah, yeah, it's, uh, it's outside. It's a beautiful day. Sun shining, green grass. It looks like a farm in the distance. It's pretty hot, too. These farms... What do they look like? The houses look like domes, made out of this white stuff. Clay, maybe? Do you see any signs of life? Yeah, the farms, obviously. Are you even listening to me? Are there any people nearby? I don't see anyone. I can see machines, though, down in the fields. Some kind of farming robots, I guess. No people, though. But someone had to build all this, right? Please enter one of the houses. I'm inside now. It's a nice place. Big fire, nice kitchen. Hey, you guys should sell these places if you can't find anyone. There's some kind of computer screen on the wall, but it's not in any language I know. This is pretty... Whoa! D3462? What is it? Sorry to burst in like that. I didn't see anyone was home. Hey doc, I found someone. A woman. She looks like she's baking something. Smells pretty good, too. Does she speak any English? I don't know. Hey, lady, do you speak? Whoa, that was weird. What is it? I touched her arm, and for a second, it was like she flickered. Like she disappeared and reappeared, and unknown woman begins to speak. Welcome, traveler. You must be wary. Please rest a while. There will be food and drink soon. 
We haven't had a visitor in oh so long now. What is your name? Uh, it's Steve. Steve, I'm Alana. Welcome to Prester Biderate. Have you brought news? Uh, tell me about this Prester by place. Where are we? This is the Empire of Prester John, of course. Where else would the gate have led you? I am honored to welcome you here, Steve. The Empire of... Hold on a moment. So tell me, Steve. What do you follow? Uh, follow? I work for these Foundation guys, but... No, silly. What do you follow? The Star? The Cross? The Crescent Moon? Those are the most common among our visitors, but others have come before. What is your faith? Um, I've never really gone in for faith that much. Seen as believing, I guess, and I've never seen any god. An unbeliever? Those are rare. You shouldn't waste time in the outer farms. You should go to the courts. They haven't seen one of you in oh so long now. Or perhaps go to the sages. They can show you a path. Dr. Blackburn. A court? That's pretty interesting. Ask her how long it's been since an outsider came here. D3462. When was the last traveler who came to this prester by the Empire? Oh, so long now. So long. He promised he'd find us. Oh, but enough about him. You should eat. Rest. Do what you will. Tomorrow, we'll set out for the city. Oh, but this is a blessed day indeed. In the distance, horns begin to blow. Three long blasts. Hey, a uh, quick question. What the hell was that? The Prester's eyes. How did they... Quickly, you have to go. Now. The flame are coming. Who is... The Order of the Flame? They... Is the gate still open? Uh, yeah, it's just up the hill. Dr. Blackburn. Wait, see if you can get a look at this Order of the Flame first. Alana. No, you must go now. Are you crazy? You have to leave. I'll be fine. Go. If they catch you, they'll kill you. Uh, I'll, I'll come back. I pray that you do. Okay, Doc. I'm outside. I can see the flame guys now. There's two of them. Tall guys and cloaks. I can't really see much from here, though. Hey, Doc, I got a bad feeling about this. Can I just come back now? Given the circumstances, that would be advisable. I don't think we'd get any more useful information from you if you get killed. The horn begins to sound again. At this point, D3462 begins running to the gate and jumps through just as a high-pitched ringing and a loud crackling is followed behind him. And this ends the log. Additional statements. The first exploration proves promising. SCP-4214-C seems to be linked to the Empire of Prester John, a mythical Christian empire somewhere in the east. Originally, it was placed in Central Asia, and then India, and finally Ethiopia. Civilization seems to exist on the other side, and based on the incident with the Order of the Flame, it seems that they are in possession of fairly advanced weaponry. I plan to submit a request for further exploration. And here is a quote by Dr. Blackburn. We were so clever, sending in a D-class personnel, reading reports, writing procedures, just as it was all supposed to work. We didn't question it. Of course, we didn't... Of course we didn't question it. Why would we? We had faith. And this begins Exploration Log 2. Personnel. D-3462. 
Supervisor, Dr. Blackburn. Begin log. Dr. Blackburn. D-3462, do you read me? D-3462. Yeah, I'm through. This... this isn't the same place as before, though. It's dark. I think I'm inside of some kind of building. Can you see any way out? Hold on, let me get the flashlight. And there. What do you see? I think I'm in a supply closet or something. There are tools stacked up against the wall, covered in dust. I don't think anyone's used this place in a long time. There's a door over here, and I think... Yeah. That's weird. The floor is vibrating. Please go through the door. Hold on. It's stuck. I think maybe if I... Hmm. This is harder than I thought. Maybe if I... Whoa! There's a loud metallic clattery noise. D-3462? Are you alright? Uh, yeah. Yeah, I'm fine. I put my hand on the door, and it just vanished. Vanished? Yeah, it disappeared. No light, no sound, just gone. And then I fell over and knocked into a shelf. Well, at least you're through the door. Where are you now? I... Oh man, oh man, this is crazy. What do you see? You ever seen Star Trek, Doc? It's kind of the same look in here. Elaborate, please? Okay, I'm in this huge room, made out of brick. All down the middle are these white cubes, about three by three feet. Every couple seconds, the boxes just flash, and something comes out. What kind of something? All kinds of stuff. This one here, it's making gold bars. And this one over here is making some kind of circuits. Another one is making a bale of fabrics. Every three or four seconds, they get pushed out, a hole opens up in the floor, and they fall through. And then it closes, and then the box just make a new one. This is... that's very interesting. Are there any people? An operator, maybe? No, I don't see one. I'm gonna see if I can find a way outside, though. Okay, see if you can get a, lo a closer look at one of these machines first. Sure, I... hold on. There's someone here. He looks like he's fixing one of the boxes. Hello? Hey, I'm talking to you. Don't antagonize any of the locals, please. He can't hear me. I'm standing right next to him and- Hey, yo. D-3462? Uh, whoa. He just did that- that thing again. Like the woman before. I grabbed his shoulder and it was like my hand sunk into him. And then he did that flickering thing and now- now he's looking right at me. Unknown man. Hello. D-3462. Uh, hi? Um, what are you doing in here? That's a very good question. Who are you? I'm Yemen. What are you doing in here? First off, where is here exactly? Dr. Blackburn. Interesting. He seems different somehow to the other woman. Yemen. This is production va unit VAS. We're shutting down for today. Why would you come here? D-3462. I honestly have no idea. Where are you from? What is your name? I'm Steve. Dr. Blackburn. Ask him about the Order of the Flame. Uh, I ran into some of these people a while back. They called themselves the Order of the Flame. Know anything about them? Oh no. No, 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 no. You are not getting me in trouble with them. Get out of here. I just want to know about them. You're not in any danger. You really aren't from here, are you? 
The flame is always listening, Steve. How so? Their job is to find heretics. Somehow they just, they just know when someone's faith isn't genuine. And then they come and they take you. So they're like the Inquisition or something? That's a term for them. There's, they're one of three orders founded by the Prester before he left. The flame, the shield, and the star. Dr. Blackburn. Ask him more of this. Any details of this world can be useful. D-3462. So, the flame kills heretics. What do the others do, then? The shield secures the realm, enforces the laws, protects from outside threats, and resolves legal disputes. And the star's duty is research, creating new technologies, as well as studying the gate. And the prester? What of him? Who is he? You... You're joking. Sadly not. He's the one who created this place? The one who secured the empire from invaders? Prester John, our eternal emperor? And you say he left? Where to? Every child knows the story of Prester. How he found the key in the endless desert, and through his faith and the power it brought, he created this entire empire. His empire stood as the mightiest in the world, and so invaders tried to destroy it. The Prester was mighty, but even he could not fight all the forces of the world. And so he sealed us away. We remained here for centuries, preparing for the return. And then the Prester left. How do you not know this story? Where were you educated? That's a long story. So who runs this empire now? Prester's eyes, of course. You... you're an outsider. I was sort of hoping to avoid that conversation. How? The gate. It's open, then. The key has been found? Uh, yes? By heavens. Then the time has come. Quite possibly, I guess. The star must be alerted. Stay here. Dr. Blackburn. I think you've stayed there long enough. Whatever they mean by this, the time has come, we certainly don't want them completing this prophecy of theirs before we know what it is. Get back through the portal immediately. Oh, hell. What is wrong? The shelf I knocked over. It's blocking the door. I should be able to move it in a second. There he is! Ah, oh, shit. Outsider, please wait. You are a crucial part of this. The Empire depends on you now. Ignore him, D-3462. Get back through the portal, now. Uh, the Empire can wait. Stun him! There's a high-pitched whine and an electric crackle. Hold on, don't shoot! This is for your own good and for the good of the Presterbite. Please, come away from the gate. I promise to explain every- No! There's a loud metallic crash. The weapon fires again, but this happens just as D-3462 reaches the portal. In log. Additional statement. We know a little bit more about the hierarchy of the Presterbite now, but I believe that the potential danger posed by this prophecy of the return is too great to justify any further human exploration at this time. The inhabitants of SCP-4214-C er, SCP are clearly willing to go to extreme lengths to capture an outsider to fulfill this prophecy. A prophecy, I believe, could lead to the SCP-4214 breaching its containment. I plan to submit a request to terminate human exploration into SCP-4214-C. And a note from Dr. Blackburn. It's almost funny, given hindsight, how obvious it all was.
I suppose that I noticed something was wrong, given the request I submitted. Not that it worked. Still, it was something. Maybe we weren't quite as foolish as I came to believe. Exploration Log 3 And this is the one that I was saying would be a little bit confusing, as it has more than just two people talking. So it would be, to me, I thought it would be too confusing to read it all. And instead, I'm just going to summarize it. I do encourage you to check out the document for yourself, however, with the link I provide. The log starts with D3462 asking where Dr. Blackburn has been, as it appears that there has been no activity for the past two weeks. The doctor, instead of answering his question, asked him to step through the portal once more. The D-class expresses confusions as they were told that there would be no more testing. However, the doctor replies that they decided to move forward with the testing anyway. D-3462 enters the portal and states that he appears to be in some kind of garden and sees two people not far from him. The doctor asks the D-class to try to get their attention without making any physical contact. After attempting to by shouting various things at them, it appears that they are completely unaware of his presence. The doctor su suspects that this would happen and tells the D-class to tap one of them on the shoulder. Upon doing so, they flicker briefly before suddenly becoming aware of D-3462's presence before running off without a word. D-3462 is confused by this, and the doctor theorizes that the place that the D-class is in may not be entirely real, or perhaps it's on a different wave of reality than him. The doctor wonders, however, why the two ran away, but before they can finish their thought, D-3462 is ambushed by a woman who calls herself Keeper Kuthis of the Order of the Shield and she tells the D-class that he's going to be under arrest. When asked what for, the woman admits that while he hasn't broken any laws, there's still debate about his motives in the realm. The D-class asks Dr. Blackburn what they should do through his earpiece, and Kuthis notes this and says that whoever he's talking to can't help him, and that if he doesn't surrender and follow her, the men will open fire on him. Dr. Blackburn tells D-3462 to go along with them, that if anything gets too bad, she might have a plan for him to escape. While walking to their destination, the D-Class describes the woman to Dr. Blackburn as tall, wearing body armor made of high-grade metals, and carries a staff with a glowing light on top of it. He states to Kuthis that she seems a lot nicer than the Order of the Flame and the Order of the Star. Kuthis explains that the Star believe him to be the key to the return to the real world, while the flame thinks he is some kind of devil. They arrive at what appears to be a big white ball, though wouldn't it be bigger than fit two people inside. She gestures for him to go inside, however, though he shows confusion before she touches the surface of it and it disappears, revealing a larger interior than expected. The D-class is amazed by this and asks how it's possible, with Kuthis explaining that while she doesn't exactly know how it works, she thinks what they do is make a small sphere first, and then put a larger one inside. The D-class begins to say that this doesn't make any sense, but is cut off by Kuthis telling him to brace himself, as they are now entering the Hall of Judgment, and tells him that she hopes that he has a good defense, as his trial is about to take place. They enter a room with a judge, seated at the far end of the room, with the title High Inquisitor Zeal. Kuthis introduces the D-Class as Stephen Ellis, 
and Inquisitor Zeal asked the Order of the Flamekeeper named Solemn what they charge the D-Class with, with them responding that they think he is a class 4 heretic. The D-Class recognizes Solemn as the one who attacked him at the farms in his first exploration. Inquisitor Zeal then asked an Order of the Starkeeper named Kyrus what they charge him with, and their response being that he is the outsider that they've been waiting for, that he has touched the gate, borne the key, and is the heir to the Prestivite. At this declaration, shouting begins in the room, but is silenced by the Inquisitor. Solemn exclaims that he cannot be the heir, as he is a heretic and a criminal, with Kuthis saying that even if he was one, he still has rights, and that's not even what they came to decide upon anyway. Inquisitor Zeal asks Solemn what the punishment they believe the D-Class should get, with them stating that heresy is the only has only one form of punishment, and that is to be given to the flame to purify his sins. The Inquisitor then asks Kiros what they believe the punishment should be to them. The D-Class notes that Kiros is the one he met at the factory. Kiros states that he should be given to the Order of the Star for examination, and then he should be allowed to lead them through the gate back into the real world. Solemn is outraged by this, saying that they cannot possibly give a heretic control over the entire army as he would destroy them. Kira states that it would be better to die than to be trapped for all eternity in this realm. Inquisitor Zeal bangs on his gavel and asks about the actions that the D-Class has done while being in their realm. Kira states that while he appeared in the factory, he treated the technician he met really courteously and left him unharmed while also not trying to steal anything from the fabrication machi machines. Solemn states that this must be lies, as when they interrogated the woman at the farm, she stated that he had entered her house without asking and stole food. The D-Class begins to interrupt, saying that this is not true, but is silenced by the Inquisitor. Dr. Blackburn tells the D-Class that when she says to run, that he is to do so immediately. Inquisitor Zeal declares that he has reached his verdict, that while heresy is a serious crime, they cannot ignore that the man might be the heir and the only way back to the world they left, and so he is to be given to the Order of the Star for a month's time, where he will be examined to see if he can prove himself the heir. If he does prove himself, he will lead them beyond the gate into the outer world. If he cannot, however, he will be given to the Order of the Flame. Dr. Blackburn tells the D-Class to run at this point, and he races out of the room, with everyone yelling for him to come back or to open fire on him. As he leaves the room, he runs down a hallway and out onto a balcony, where he says it's a dead end. The people who are chasing him are catching up to him, and as they prepare to fire their weapons at him, Dr. Blackburn tells him to trust her and to jump off the balcony. The D-Class hesitates, but upon hearing the humming from the energy weapons, he jumps. The sound of wind fills up the audio for about one minute. Dr. Blackburn asks him to report in, with him yelling that it actually worked. The doctor sighed with a relief, saying that she had believed that it would, and reminds the D-Class that the world he is in isn't real. She believes it's more like a simulation of a world, and that the it only simulates what it predicts he'll do. Because it was random for him to jump off the balcony, they didn't expect him to do this, and so they didn't simulate what would happen if he did. 
She asks him what he sees now, with him stating that it's just blackness all around him, and he's standing in some sort of thick black goo on the floor. He says it seems in the distance, or he says that he sees the gate in the distance, however, and is told to exit through it before the world catches up to him. When he asks what this would mean, she states that the world would remember what happens when a person jumps off the balcony, and then that would happen to him. Alarmed by this, he begins to run for the gate, and it suddenly trips over a bag that contains a few books. He pulls out one of the books, with the title reading, The Complete and True Account of Prester John's By His Own Hand. The doctor tells him to bring the bag along with him, and the D-Class exit the portal, and this ends the lock. Additional Statements We've confirmed with a significant hypothesis of mine. SCP-4214-C isn't wholly a real world, but rather an artificially created one. With D-3462 jumped, the world was unable to anticipate this, and thus he ended up, well, nowhere. Now only one thing remains to ask. If everything in that world was deliberately created, created and D-3462 ended up outside of it somehow, then who put the journals there? And here's a note from Dr. Blackburn. It was a reasonable hypothesis, but in hindsight, I should have known. The way that once I came up to my conclusion, it seemed like everything changed to fit it. The journal should have told us what we needed to figure out by that point, although by then, I suspect it was already too late for the both of us. And this is where I'm going to stop the episode for now, but I will pick it up in the next one, so stay tuned.